it said that you must not judge a book by its cover. Just because it has a fancy picture or a leather binding or the words don't panic in large friendly letters on the front doesn't necessarily mean that the content is going to be what you expect. We have, over the past few weeks, got used to seeing inside the private homes of people on the telly and analysing their bookcases. But who's to say what they are reading is what it appears to be? For example, setting aside the map that's just falling on the floor, if you were to see me with this in my hand, Timothy Keller's preaching, about shaving God's word, communicating faith in an age of scepticism, it says on the front. You might think, oh, oh, he's keeping up to date there. But what you might not realise is that underneath the dust jacket, I've actually got a Robert Harris work of fiction, albeit one set in the Vatican and probably thoroughly researched. So books aren't always what they seem to be. The book of Acts, which we're starting to read today and we're going to be going through for quite a bit of time during the summer, is a book that says what it is. This cover, this title, Acts is exactly what we'll discover it to be. It's the actions or acts of the apostles. The book tells us about the places they go, go, the things they do, the people they meet, and the growth of God's kingdom. At the beginning of the book, the disciples are itching to start. They're ready for action. It's about 40 days on from Easter. But the victory won through the cross and the new hope that they witnessed in the resurrection has perhaps not sunk in yet. Jesus is with them. And they're getting used again to that idea that Jesus is with them. And we hear them asking the risen Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking in earthly dimensions, with a Palm Sunday mind, still looking for a kingdom with a small K, geographical boundaries that they might have control over, a common language, rules not put upon them by a foreign power, a sort of Nigel Farage model of a kingdom. Not Christ's, where God's righteousness and justice prevails. The outcast are welcomed whoever they are and wherever they have come from. Jesus has a different way of thinking. And he tells his friends that they need to bide their time, to wait for the Holy Spirit. They are eager and they want more. They want Jesus to be seen in power in the way they imagine it should be. But here in Acts, at the beginning of Acts, Jesus is saying that the first act is to wait 
for God's timing. They expect him to stay, but that's not the plan. They want him to take the lead as rabbi for them to be the disciples, the, the students learning to walk his way. But it's actually soon going to be time for them to be apostolic, to go out into the world in the strength of the Holy Spirit, to enable the growth of the kingdom, of God's kingdom here on earth. Sometimes what we want or what we expect is not what happens. And what we are used to, what we are happy with, what we are content about, finishes. People sometimes say good things must come to an end. And that sort of suggests that good things will pass and you'll be left with maybe something that's maybe not so good. But what they often forget is that Christ reveals something even better awaits. Not only the future promise of eternal life with the Heavenly Father, but the growth of God's kingdom on the earth in the present time. I know some are impatient for us to be able to return to the church building, to get things going again. But even if we were allowed by law, even if we were told we could do something at the start of July, would that be the right moment? We have to not simply be guided by what can be done in law, but what we also believe to be right timing-wise as a church fellowship. We have to weigh up everything, not just what one law says, but consider what God is saying to us and how we are supposed to be. Two weeks ago, a Baptist church in Frankfurt reopened its doors. It was following the law. It had disinfected the building before the service. It ensured there was social distancing. Yet now, a fortnight on, 40 of the worshippers have shown symptoms of COVID-19 and six are understood to have needed hospital treatment. Even when measures are in place, even in a country where there has been significantly greater control than the UK, there is still risk. And we rightfully must be cautious on that health side, but also weighing up the spiritual side, what God is saying to us about the balance of what it is to be when we come back together again. And so we wait. We wait upon the Holy Spirit to move us and to guide us. But we don't simply wait gawping at the sky staring in a stupor about what might be. No, there's a difference between waiting and doing nothing. Just like angels at the empty tomb that were there to declare Christ is risen. Angels again appear to move things along. They say it is no use just looking. The story is continuing and our story continues too. 
we might not be physically together, but we are still the church and Jesus is with us. We are God's people connected as one by the Son who ascended to the Father's side and who intercedes as we pray. We must each engage in our apostolic ministry, even when that going out to others actually means staying inside. Things will not be the same in the future because they never are the same. Every hour that passes, we grow a little bit older and things change, even in less unusual times. We are constantly changing and learning and growing. And we have different experiences. As we write the present day page of the new book of Acts, the story of what God's people are doing in the world, furthering the kingdom, seeing it grow. As people read that in the future, will they think of us as the folk who wanted the past? Will they see us as the people staring at the sky? Or will they discover each of us to be serving the Lord and seeing his kingdom come? Amen.